Welcome. My name is Michael Aceta. I'm the founder of Matador Canine Brilliance and author of the Dog Training Cheat Codes. You're listening to the Acknowledged Dogs Podcast. You just got a puppy or you're getting a puppy and you want to know how do I socialize my dog how do I build their confidence? And what are the first three things I need to be able to teach my dog first to really have a good, long lasting relationship for the next 15 years? Then this is the episode for you. Stay tuned on this. All right. So first, the socialization period. You just got your puppy. Now, they're not allowed to leave their mom until after eight weeks. You are already most of the way through a socialization period. What does that mean? When your dog is born, their brain starts to develop a lot faster than an adult dog would. And so they're taking in all of this information. What essentially happens is between 3 to 12 weeks of age, and that does depend based on the breed and the size of the dog, between 3 to 12 weeks of age, they take in everything that they need to know is normal. That's the key phrase that I want you to take away from this. They need to know that is normal. Now, if a dog grows up on a farm and they're never exposed to... Uh, buses or trains or subway stations, they have never been on a plane, that's what they think is normal. So if you were to remove a dog and like teleport them from a farm into the city, they would freak out. Vice versa, if you got a dog that grows up in the city and you take them to the farm, they might seem actually stressed because there isn't a lot of interactions. There isn't a lot of noise going on all the time. So whatever your dog needs to know is normal should be exposed to them between three to 12 weeks of age. Now, again, if you're getting a puppy or you got a puppy and they're eight weeks old, you only have a couple of weeks to do this. So before you get the puppy or right now, write down everything your dog needs to know is normal. Do they need to know how to get into the car? Do they need to know how to be picked up and handled, manipulated, put into a, the trunk of the car if you're gonna have a, you know, a big car with a crate? Maybe they need to be able to go into the trunk. Maybe you want them to sit in the front with you. Okay, I don't do that because I think it's a little dangerous, but many people do it. And if you do that, then you need to teach your dog that sitting in the front is normal. You need to teach your dog around kids, socialize them to kids, socialize them to other dogs, socialize them to the family members in your house. Those things need to become normal. If you're going to be someone who grooms your own dog, then you're going to want to teach your dog that all of the equipment in grooming is normal, the clippers, the brush, the shampoos, right, the scrubbers, everything, towels, even different textures, okay, all of the things that you are going to use in your daily life, and maybe even above that, should be exposed to your dog, okay, three to 12 weeks, you get your dog at eight weeks, you only got four weeks to do this, you got a month to do this, now, there is something to be said about doing too much, if we overexpose our dogs to these things that we want to socialize them to, what can end up happening is actually stressing them out more. You've overexposed them and they become afraid of it. So throughout the entire training process, the uh, socialization process, the exposure to these new things, you don't want to be pushing them to the point where they're freaking out or panicking. Or, and this is the old method, what's called flooding. You're forcing them to get over it. You're like, you got you to gotta know how to do this for the rest of your life. I don't care how you feel. I'm going to put you in this situation. You're going to get over it eventually. This is not the way to go about it. This is what I first did with my first dog, Breezy. Bless her soul. I was learning so much back then. And now the experience I have with my other two dogs have been a hundred times better <clears throat> simply because I learned from Breezy. So I thank her for being a, a guinea pig in the beginning. 
I had done flooding to teach her how to go to the bath. Now, I was very patient. I wasn't just going to throw her in there. But it took about three to five hours. I don't remember exactly. It was three or five hours where we just sat in the tub together and we did nothing. She was shaking. She was shivering. She was terrified. And I hated doing it, but that's what I thought was the best method. That's what I thought was going to work. Of course, now I know different. Slow exposure, increasing the level of difficulty over time, building up their confidence, playing games with them. I didn't know that at the time. And so I just brought her into the tub with me. Three hours later, she finally felt relaxed and then I took her out of the tub. That happened day after day after day. She still doesn't like the tub, but she tolerates it. That's the difference. You get a dog that tolerates what we ask them to do, but doesn't particularly enjoy it. So when I got my next dog, I went really slow. I exposed him to the bath calmly, right? Getting into the water, out of the water, into the water, out of the water. Sure, I did a lot of things that didn't actually require taking the full bath, right? We just went into the bathroom and then we left the bathroom. I jumped into the tub with them. They jumped out of the tub. That was it for the day, right? Like those tiny little steps every single day made it so much easier for me to be able to give my dog a 20-minute bath. In comparison to three-hour-long bath with my first dog, a 20-minute bath is an astronomical difference. And that's what can happen when you take the time to expose them correctly. Okay? So you got your dog at eight weeks. Maybe they're nine weeks. Maybe they're 10 weeks. Maybe they're 11 weeks. You only got one week left. What should you start doing? Make a list of three important things that you should be doing. Car, outside, and people, sounds, and noises. Okay? Sounds and noises are kind of the same thing. But people and experiences out in the world. So first is the car. If there's an emergency, you're going to have to get into the car. If you're going somewhere, you're going to have to get into the car. And if you haven't exposed them to the car already, this is the time to do it. Again, you want them to think that this is normal. Getting into the car is normal. They don't need to get sick. They don't need to be panting. They don't need to be freaking out. Again, my first dog, Breezy, she was found in the woods. I got her as a rescue. The only time she had ever been in a car, to my knowledge, was on the van ride from Kentucky all the way to New York. It was a straight trip. So when I put her in the car for the first time, she was panicking. She's like, oh my God, I'm being taken away again. I'm going to be in this car for so long. That's not what happened. Over time, she started to get better at it, but she would pant, she would drool, she'd pace around. She couldn't get her footing. It was awful for her. So when I got my next dog and then my third dog, that was something we were heavily, heavily focused on. They're going to get in the car. They're going to sit in the front to get used to it. They're going to sit in the back and get used to it. They're going to sit in kennels and get used to it. Different kennels, wire kennels and taxi crates, plastic and fabric kennels. Okay, I'm going to get them used to going on the hood, going under the car to get a ball. I'm going to get them used to the car and thinking it's a great thing because I don't want them to be stressed the way my first dog was. And then we also went on the train. I went into the city with them. We went on the subway, went on the train. They have yet to be on a plane. One of them has, the other one has not. But we still went in the area where there were planes so they could hear it, they could see it. Maybe we didn't get to go on them, but they're used to the noises. And that knocks out two out of the three perceptive variables that our dogs have. Clearly touch is different, but sight, sound, and smell. So if they're used to the sight, the sound, and the smell, I'm sorry, they're used to all three. So they're used to the sight, sound, and smell. Getting on it is just that much easier because they're used to it, okay? Now, how do we build our dog's confidence? Let's say maybe you're past this point. You got a couple month old dog and they're starting to either show some bad behaviors because they're afraid or they're just shutting down. This often happens around the four to five month mark. It's called a fear period, okay? 
What ends up happening is they've been over-socialized, they're out in the world, and that's important for their biology so that they can learn about the environment. What ends up happening is right after that, they go, okay, now let's retreat. We figured out what was normal, we've explored, now let's retreat to preserve our life, keep, keep ourselves alive, right? That's a biological necessity. And so they retreat in order to protect themselves, but often they can overdo it, especially if we then coddle them and say, it's okay, everything's fine, everything... Now, I don't want to necessarily push my dog and punish them for feeling that way, but I do want to express and bring out their confidence. And we can do that through reinforcement. I want to take a moment and thank all of our loyal followers. This podcast would not be possible without you. Leave a review and let us know what you like and want to learn on the next episode of the Acknowledged Dogs podcast. Now, back to the show. So what do I mean by that? Essentially, I'm going to put my dog in a situation that might be slightly stressful, and you'll have to gauge that it's slightly stressful. I'm not going to throw them into a, a, a lake. I might just take them to the shore, especially if they're afraid of water. That's another thing. If you have a young puppy, you should take them to the lake. You should take them to water. Get them used to swimming around. It's an absolutely wonderful exercise. Burns uh, calories, keeps them healthy. Low impact on the joints. As they get older, they won't be beating up their legs, right, and their hips. Wonderful, wonderful exercises. So as a puppy, you want to get them used to that. It's going to prolong the longevity of exercise and activities you guys get to do together and make it easier if you ever had to do rehab at some point because they use water very often. So your dog's afraid of something. You want to break it up into manageable pieces, make it easy for them to build up their confidence. So I might go to the shore not to the point where they're backing away from the water, but instead just rewarding them around the shore. Maybe we play the favorite game that they have, tug, fetch, search, whatever it may be. I want to play and build up their confidence, making them think that the shore is the best place to be. And then we're going to slowly move into the water. I did this when I started teaching my dogs how to kayak with me. Okay, I got into the kayak and they were going to go behind me. The kayak was big enough behind me. So I said, okay, they're going to go behind me. They're going to sit behind me. First thing I did was get them used to going onto the kayak on dry land. Now I stabilized it, I held it so that they didn't wobble around because that would have thrown them off. They would have been more nervous about it. Now they're on balance equipment all the time, fit paws and BOSU balls and all that thing. So they know what it's like to balance and maneuver, but this was something new. So I wanted to make it easy for them. I stabilize it, they get on, awesome, we're good. Then I'd have them jump off prematurely. Before they got nervous, I'd have them jump off reward them with a treat or praise and get them back on over and over and over. We did that. I slowly brought the kayak into the water, had them do the exact same thing on the shore while half the kayak was in the water and then had them do it in the water onto the kayak. That was just in case they fell off while we were kayaking, they could climb back on. See what I'm doing? I'm breaking down every single aspect of it to build up their confidence, their competency and their confidence in it. That way they can be reliable. When I ask them to do something, they're not hesitating because of how nervous they are. Now, I go in way more depth about building up confidence in this free resource that I want to give you. The link is in the bio if you're watching this right now. But if you're listening to this after the fact, you can go to matadorcanine.com forward slash confidence. Matadorcanine.com forward slash confidence. It's a free PDF on step-by-step on how to build your dog's confidence so that they can enjoy the life that you want to provide for them. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is the, fun, the fundamental building blocks on what you should be teaching your dog first. You've got a puppy. 
You socialize them to the environments, to people, to other dogs, to the car, to swimming. You've, in, you've socialized them with those things. Maybe you had to build up some of their confidence or maybe they didn't have that bad of a fear period. Fantastic. Now you can really get into the nitty gritty of training. Now, many people think, okay, I'm going to jump right into obedience. I'm going to join an obedience class. I'm going to do sit down, stay, heel, come. That is not the first thing you should be doing. Since you've already done a little bit of training with the socialization and the fear period, this first step should be relatively easy. You're just going to build engagement. When you go outside, your dog should only be thinking about you. This is going to help prevent reactivity when they bark at other people and dogs. Socialization will also help prevent reactivity. It's going to help make recall easier and all other behaviors easier in any environment. If your dog is engaging with you, they're interacting with you, they're looking to be with you, it's easier to get their attention. <coughs> Excuse me. It's easier to get their attention and ask them to do something. So I can say sit. If they're not looking at me, they're not paying attention. When I say sit, they're not going to do it. Simply because they've checked out. They're, they're looking at something else. But when I do say sit and they actually do it, then I can reward them. So by building engagement, I'm setting my dog up for success. I'm preventing reactivity and I'm making sure that I have their focus. I have their attention. When I ask them to do something, they're 10 times more likely to do it. Now, that's the first thing. That's the first thing, okay? You got to have engagement down solid. Now, the second thing is shaping games. The second thing you want to teach is games that involve your dog learning how to learn. This is the best way I can describe it. If you give your dog all the answers, right? You're like, okay, I'm going to lure them with a treat or I'm going to mold them. Actually take their body and physically push it into positions. If I do that, what ends up happening is my dog becomes reliant on the food lure, moving them around, right? I put it in front of their nose and I bring them over here and I try to get them to sit and down. They become reliant on the food lure. There are ways to phase it out. But if you can actually teach your dog to start shaping the behavior by themselves using successful approximation, that's what it's called. Essentially, my dog offers some version of the behavior, a small little step of it. I'm going to let them know that that's exactly what I wanted. You can say yes, you can use a clicker. And then I'm going to reinforce them with their preferred reinforcement, whether it's a treat, whether it's a toy, whether it's praise, whether it's access to something. And then they're more likely to start performing that behavior again. So they, you know, pick up their right shoulder. I'm going to mark that. I'm going to give them a treat. They pick up their shoulder and their elbow. Mark that. Give them a treat. Now their paw comes fully off the ground. I mark that. Give them a treat. I'm teaching them how to lift up their arm to maybe give me paw. Teaching your dog that way builds their creativity, builds their confidence, and helps them have more problem-solving skills. Everything we just talked about, socialization. <clears throat> excuse me. I got something in my throat here. I'm so sorry socialization and that fear period trying to build their confidence this is the best way to incorporate all of it because now that they know how to learn you can teach them things a lot faster as well as put them in stressful situations and have them solve problem solved by themselves so if i put my dog on a kayak and i let it go into the water my dog knows there's a few things that he could try one he could sit he could lay down to stabilize the kayak he knows that because of all the balance equipment practice we do. Him laying down becomes easier because it's not as wobbly. Center of gravity's down. He's not thinking of that. He's just knowing, well, I lay down, it becomes easier. He can jump off and swim back to me. Why? Because we practice swimming. 
but he has a skill set simply because we've done so many things. So when you're teaching your dog anything, start off with engagement, make sure that you're engaged with you wherever you go, outside, front yard, backyard, down at the park, down at the cafe, whatever it is, and then move into shaping games. Essentially, stand still, wait for your dog to offer anything. They look somewhere, they, they paw at you, they sit, anything. You're going to mark and reward that and then never mark and reward that one again during that session. So you want them to try something different. This is called 101 Things to Do with a Box. It's a classic, classic shaping game, but it's one of my favorites for puppies to do. And then the last thing you have to master is management. I talk about management all the time. I'm going to call it extreme management. When you have a puppy, everything they do, everything that you do is going to shape the next 15 years of their life. If you can manage the first six months of your dog's life, while training them how to live in your world the way you want them to live, the next 15 years is going to be so much easier. If you don't manage it and they develop problematic behaviors or they do things so-so or they kind of listen but more often than not they're just doing it to get a treat and they're becoming dependent. What ends up happening is the next 15 years of your life you're playing catch-up. Maybe you do three years of solid training you're never going to get to exactly what you want or what could have been if you did training early on. So be proactive about it. You just got your puppy or you, you're getting a puppy. Have everything laid out. First thing I'm going to do between 3 to 12, 16 weeks. <clears throat> First thing I'm going to do, socialize my dog to everything they need to know is normal. Number two, I'm going to build up their confidence. That way we have the ability to do the fun adventures that we want to do together as well as just make life easier. Even if you're not looking to do fun adventures, it's going to make it easier for you. Fireworks aren't going to bother them. Right? Getting into the car, stressful situations, that's not going to bother them. <clears throat> going to the vet's not going to bother them. Those kinds of things. And then you're going to move into teaching the fundamentals. First thing I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm sorry. <laughs> build engagement, fundamentals, build engagement. Engagement games, and you're going to manage everything at the same time. It's that simple. I know it sounds simple, like now that I'm saying it, but it's that simple. Break it down like that. When you do that, in the next 15 years, I promise you are going to be so much easier. Thank you guys for listening to the Acknowledge Dogs podcast. I'm going to open it up to Q&A if you're here live. If you're listening to this afterwards, feel free to message me your questions and I'll talk about it on a future episode of the podcast. Thanks guys for listening. Thank you for listening to the Acknowledge Dogs podcast. Subscribe to this podcast, leave a review, and connect with me on your favorite social media platform.